0: Here we go. It is Jacob Warren. I'm Dave Hooker. The Vol Report brought to you by Vassie Lawn and Garden. Man alive, it's worth the drive, and we've got plenty to get to, including yet another addition to Tennessee's football department. Uh, Also, we're going to talk about some of the guys that Jacob uh, followed growing up. So a ton to get to. Want to start off with rules changes first. How are you, Jacob Warren? Doing fantastic. Doing very well. Yeah, and I'm working on that because Jacob uh, told me last time that everybody calls him Jay or Jake. So mm-hmm. but I've gotten to know you as Jacob, so I might still slip up. That's okay. Call me whatever, <laughs> man. <laughs> just, just as long as you don't call me late for dinner. Uh, all right, let's, let's get to some rule changes. You guys, if I'm in your position, I don't want any rule changes because <laughs> offensively you guys were the best in the nation. So I want everything – status quo but there is talk by the ncaa that they will let the clock run after first downs except during the last two minutes of each half what are your thoughts initially on that would that have a big impact or no
1: um you know obviously i think a lot of rule changes are things you kind of just have to adjust to and get used to and everything like that i think that the way we play offense um you know, it would affect us, but I feel like it would affect us the least out of anybody. Right. Because I don't know, it it goes both ways. Like, right. Like clock management is, is very important to us. And it is really like kind of the goal of our offense, but it's also, we go so fast that, you know, the clock can continue running and and how much time are you really wasting? I don't know. That scenario comes up right where it's first down and, and you would stop the clock. They would stop that clock and, you know, we would have, you know, two or three seconds, four seconds, whatever, for them to spot that ball and then us get on the line. That clock's running. Like, does it really matter if we snap the ball with, you know, you know, 16 on the clock versus 18, 19? Like, yeah, I guess in a way, sometimes if you're looking at logistics and stuff, but um, – I don't see us uh running out of time to snap the ball, I guess is all I'm saying. Like the, the right, fact that exactly, the running, opposite, yeah. Yeah, right. Like I, the you know, the fact that the clock's running is that's how we play ball all the time, right? We act we assume the clock is always running. So, you know, that's the the, the um the urgency and everything that we already play with.
0: Well, the other one that's been talked about too is uh, possibly letting the clock run after incomplete passes. So again, I'm I'm assuming this would be just during the game and not in the final two minutes because you wouldn't want to take away that that drama. Right. But if, if they did both of those together, it could take away somewhere along the lines of 25 plays a game,
1: yeah,
0: uh, total. So your offense wears people out on the go during drives. But how much do you think it wears on people? throughout the game
1: yeah that's a big part of it too man it is is the fact that we can run man we could have a six play drive and only take a minute off the clock but like you you can't do that very long you might be able to do it once and then you're tired but every single time that, that defense goes off the field they're just getting a little more tired a little more tired a little more tired so by the time we get to the fourth quarter we just rely on our on our conditioning and our in our stamina and stuff to be able to push through and yeah, that would obviously take away a little bit of our advantage, but um, you know, at the same time, I think that I don't know, again, it, we'll just have to adjust and, and get used to it if if that is the case, and um, continue to use tempo to our advantage. And and I think that you know, things that a lot of people I guess don't know, whatever, is just the way we substitute and the way that we you know go about different things like that. It depends on the clock stoppages, and that's that's a lot of teams, right? The clock stops you know you have time, like on incomplete passes, right, is what you mentioned. So incomplete pass, you know you have time to kind of settle and just relax and – not relax, but you know what I mean, kind of just catch a break, catch a breather, get the call, whatever, maybe substitute if you need to. Um, so taking that away would kind of be, you know, would throw a wrench and things, but obviously that's just something, like I said, we'd have to adjust to and change the operation of our offense a little bit.
0: You could possibly play 16 16- – games i want to get to that the ball report brought to you by Bassi lawn and garden Bassi lawn and garden whether you're in knoxville nashville or chattanooga it really doesn't matter because man alive is worth the drive for your industrial mowers commercial mowers or residential mowers Bassi lawn and garden has it all right there in cleveland centrally located to mid and east tennessee man alive it is worth the drive go to Bassi.com uh to learn more so with with the playoff expansion, the reason they're doing all this is, well, frankly, I think it's to fit into a TV window, but they say it's to limit your exposure to potential injury. At least that's what they say. Right. So there's potential for after you're gone in the college football playoff Mm -hmm. in to play 17 games if you're in the championship game. Right. Dude, that's a lot of games. A lot of games. <laughs> that's that's a very – considering, you know, I mean, the NFL
1: is the NFL, whatever, but that's a lot of games for a college season, at least, you know, as we look at it right now. You know, you think about playing, you know, 13 games, right, just having that bowl game, and you got, you're got you trying to go into that bowl game and just stay as healthy as possible. And and right now, Lisa, like you said, the goal is for everybody to make the college football playoff, and, and that automatically just brings in – you know, the fact that, yeah, you might end up having to push it to 15 games if you that's really what your goal is and that's where you, where you, where you want to go. Um, So yeah, you might shorten up each, each individual game, but the fact that you could end up playing, you know, 15, 16, whatever, however many games is, is pretty crazy.
0: Well, and I want to correct myself. It would be 16 if you played in the championship game. So with the, the SEC championship game and then potentially a quarterfinal, semifinal and then the finals. So it would be it would be 16 games. And. Yeah. I'm just curious, take me back to um, last late November, early December, how your body felt in comparison to before the season started. Yeah. I mean, I think last year, at least I I think I
1: did a good job of just taking care of my body, Um, you know, being intentional about getting recovery and doing all those things. But I mean, there's just a level of, you know, just wear and tear that you go through, Um, you know, nothing may be injured, right. But just things just ache and hurt and, you know, the muscles don't necessarily feel as strong as they did at the beginning of the season. And, you know, you're about five, six pounds lighter than you were whenever you started the season. And, you know, these are just things that naturally happen whenever you put your body through through a whole season of play um, and things that you have to consider when you talk about playing, you know, 15, 16 games. So um, yeah, that'll just be the new, the new norm, I guess, if, if that's where we really want to go and this team, you know, if that's the goal every year that you got to start preparing for it and being ready for it and going go ahead and expecting the fact that, that we're going to be playing more than just our, our allotted 12 games of the year.
0: I also think you probably have a slightly shorter window. You know, you have almost a month between the last game, yeah. and the whole game. So how, how helpful is that three and a half, four weeks that could potentially be shortened? Yeah. And I mean, that's,
1: that time is a time of, of you're trying to rest. You're trying to recover while also, you know, getting ready for, you know, you might not know who you play yet, but just trying to get ready for a game, right. And, and continuing to focus on, um, you know, getting better, right. this is a time for a lot of developmental periods for, um, you know, the younger players or, or the guys that aren't playing as much during the season and a time for the guys that have played a lot that have already played 12 games to kind of just get some rest and, and, you know, maybe take less reps of practice, but just be really locked in on you know, the, the details and going back to, you know, just the fundamentals of, of ball, um, and so, yeah, having that shortened would be, you know, would stink. But also, it's like what we're playing for. What are we playing for? You know what I'm saying? I don't really right. care about, about another week of rest. Like we're playing for SEC Championship. We're playing to go to the College Playoffs. So, um, yeah, at the same time, it's give and
0: take. And I'd, I'd probably take that one for sure. Do you, do you ever think about – well, I guess you had to when you were considering whether or not to come back to Tennessee. But do you, do you ever think about – a guaranteed grueling 17 game schedule in in the NFL was that at all part of your decision-making process because dude that sounds like a lot of games yeah I
1: mean that's a lot of games but at the same time it's like that's your job right that's that's literally how you're doing and that's the only thing that you got going on for that whole amount of time and then you get whatever the offseason to rest and recover and do your thing but um yeah, no, obviously you think about that and you realize like, wow, they're still playing, right? Like they, <laughs> was just a couple of weeks ago. Like that's pretty crazy that we've been done for
0: this long and they're still going, but um, yeah, part of it. They're getting paid a lot of money to do it. So can't complain. That's true. That's true. You 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 let me know that I think the minimum salary is 750 G's. So that's pretty oh good. My, yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I don't remember the exact number, but it's around
1: there. It's a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. It's not, not, not bad work. If you can get it. Right. Um, a, As far as we were having this discussion recently, going back to guys, even before you were born, that's how old I am, but uh, guys that are kind of undervalued historically. And yeah. <clears throat> I want to go back to last season we've talked about several players offensive linemen that don't get talked about across the board we've talked about all kinds of players but maybe even in a backup role was there a player last year that didn't maybe get the pub that had a big impact that uh, you you think led to your success last year
1: um man just a lot of the guys up front um obviously that's kind of how you how you The first thing I think about when I think about people that are underappreciated, at least in in offenses, is is just the offensive linemen in general. Um, Just the fact that they were able to kind of handle some of the best in the nation. Right. When you when you think about it, pass rushing and and run defense and things like that. And, um, you know, everything really starts up front, starts in the trenches. And I guess the tight ends are kind of lumped into that as well. Um, But, yeah, man, from just just Coop to, you know, Jerome. Sprags, Darnell, the guy, you know, the two guys rotating that tackle with JJ and with Mincy, and um, man, they just do a lot of work and they do all the dirty stuff that nobody else want to do. So, um, obviously it's it's good to kind of appreciate them and and they don't get as much love as I think they should, but you know, whatever, <laughs> it's just how the game is.
0: Yeah, it, it it might be your dad or your uncle, but did was there a particular player growing up that? Uh, you you rooted for um obviously they wouldn't have been playing when, when you were a kid but um I mean I remember I don't
1: know I remember kind of just being aware of of the teams you know like you had like Pig Howard right who was a running back back at Tennessee back in the day that for some reason it could have just been his name I thought his name was cool but when I was a little kid I was like yeah that that guy's cool right and then like obviously you you watch Josh Dobbs and stuff like that and, and I was a little bit older whenever they were playing but um yeah, I mean that that generation of of players was was really cool. Justin Hunter, all these guys that, you know, whether they went on to have good careers or not, um, just guys that kind of stick out to me as as the players on this team whenever I was kind of growing up a little bit.
0: What are your thoughts on Joshua Dobbs? Because making it as long as he has in the NFL ain't easy, and he may not, might not be a household name, but here he's just kept plugging away. I got a lot of respect for him for sure. Um, I think he's just one of those guys that
1: just lasts and sticks around just because of, you know, obviously his, his physical ability and his athletic ability, but also just his mind. And um, I mean, the guy's an aerospace engineer, right. And and, and super smart and just super committed and dedicated to the game. And I was watching a podcast of him the other day about just kind of his, his moves, right. This past the past few weeks or the past few months and how he went from, you know, obviously he's been in Pittsburgh, he's been in Cleveland, he's been in, he went to Detroit for like two days or something like that. They ended up in Nashville and, and just the fact that, you know, he moved to Nashville apparently, and then was like playing the next week, like that same week or something like that was ended up starting the game and, and, you know, performed pretty well And all things considered. I think they lost the game, but, um, just his ability to do that is pretty crazy. And not many people I don't think could, could do that, could handle that. Um, I'm sure a lot of NFL quarterbacks can, but just thinking about that as just a, you know, whatever, just a regular, a regular person and someone in my position. It's like, wow, that's pretty crazy. He's going to do that. But yeah, man, his, his mind, his mind game has taken him a long way. And we have, I mean, a, a decent relationship, like we're not super close, but um, have done some work and done some podcasts and some different talk shows and stuff with him. And obviously I've seen him around and um, really appreciate him just being the, the guy and the leader and stuff that, that he is. So
0: much respect for him as well. You're a smart guy. Smart people know smart people. Sure. Where does he rank among the smartest football players that you've met? I
1: mean, I wish I could sit down and just like talk ball with him. But anytime that, I, like I said, I've been on a show, I've been on a podcast or anything with him. Like afterwards, we'll sit we'll sit there on the show, on the Zoom or on the program or whatever. Afterwards, and he'll ask questions about just the offense, or I'll ask him questions about you know some stuff in the NFL and everything, and just. Man, he, yeah, he talks to you like he's an NFL quarterback, like he's a pro. And it's really cool to see just because I I can appreciate, um, you know, the verbiage and the language and just how that conversation is completely a different language to a lot of people. But um, being able to kind of just kind of have that connection with him is cool.
0: Has he ever started talking rock, rocket science with you? Because I'm no, out. Yeah, it's nonstop. Yeah, if he did, I'd be like, yeah, you, got, you can't do that. <laughs> not that smart. Well, now you're you're in kinesiology. That's not real easy. I mean, there's a lot of tendons and uh, muscles and stuff. So, what's more difficult? Man, I'm a, I'm gonna take kines on that one.
1: <laughs> but my thing is cool. Like, I really like kinesiology and like anatomy and physiology because I can actually see you. Right, I can see my biceps and my arms. I know where I know where my anterior tibialis is because I, I can point to it on my leg. Like, that's what's really cool about to me about like all the sciences and all the human sciences that I took was made it easy for me because I can study all the different muscles and ligaments and tendons and stuff in my body. Cause I have all of them. Right. So it was
0: really cool. I got a human study guy right in front of me. So I got a feeling I'm going to be calling, uh, uh, J war. Yes. I, I use the nickname, J, J war for some medical advice before too long, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe within the next couple of months. <laughs> um, you've got a new analyst on board, Micah James. What do you know about, uh, Micah? I mean,
1: man, don't know much. Um, he kind of just showed up and, and kind of hopped right in. And, and I appreciate that about him. how He was able to just come in and just kind of click with everybody and, you know, just be there for whatever he needed to do, whether it was, you know, hold a card and walkthroughs or, or, you know, I me mean, just be encouragement or whatever. But with the allotted time that we have, it's been cool to kind of just be around him. Again, I haven't had any like super deep real conversations with him or anything, but just the fact that he was able to step in and just, um, you know, really get the work and, and be involved as, as quick as possible. has been cool. seems like a really nice guy.
0: We talked about this a little bit when uh, uh, Alex Golish moved on and, um, of course, elevating Joey Halsley. But I'm just curious how much of the offense, when it gets put together on a weekly basis, is a cumulative effort? Because people on the yeah. outside, I think they just look at Josh Heupel and say, here's your guy.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, man, it's 100% a, a cumulative effort. And I, and I believe that all of them would tell you that. I believe Halsley would tell you that. I think coach hype will tell you that even when goal is here, I believe he would have told you that. Um, yeah. It, it takes all of them man. and they all have their own inputs and they all have ideas and um, thoughts. And obviously it all runs through the head guys. It runs through Halsey. It runs through, through coach hype. And um, but I think that they're fully aware that, you know, it's a collaborative effort and, and they embrace that, right. They enjoy the fact that everybody's bringing in their different opinions and, and they can kind of bounce them off each other and uh, figure out what the best plan is and what the best way to run, you know counter is or the best way to run certain concepts is and what formations we should be in and um, I think it's I think it's been really cool to see that how it's not just one person just dictating how everything flows it's really kind of a, a collaborative effort
0: and the Vol report brought to you by Vassy lawn and Garden Man alive it's worth the drive industrial mowers, commercial mowers, and residential mowers at Vassy lawn and garden go to Vassy dot com do they ask you if you got any play designs? have they done that yet man. I don't think I'm quite on that level yet. I could I could tell them what I think, but if, whether they take it into consideration or not,
1: I don't know. But um, I got some good ideas sometimes, so maybe they'll have to start hearing me.
0: I like it. All mm-hmm. right. Uh, maybe it's lining up in fullback like Princeton did. Mm, I don't wow. know. We'll see. I don't know. That sounds like enough. Yeah. He's, he's Jacob Warren. I'm Dave Hooker. The Vol Report brought to you by Bassey Lawn and Gardner presentation of Off the Hook Sports.